As a realtor, what should you be expecting from your brokerage in 2022 and 2023? Well, the answers may surprise you. Stay tuned. This episode of Keeping It Real is brought to you by Real Geeks. How many homes are you going to sell this next year? And do you have the right tools? Is your website turning soft leads into interested buyers? And are you spending money on leads that aren't converting? We'll find out why agents across the country come to Real Geeks as their technology partner. Real Geeks was created by an agent for agents. They pride themselves on delivering realtors a real estate sales and marketing solution to generate more business. Real Geeks is easy to use. Their websites are fast and built for lead conversion with a smooth search experience for the end user. Real Geeks is mobile friendly, delivering an excellent user experience on the go. Real Geeks includes an easy to use CRM, so once your leads sign up on your website, you can track their interest and have great follow-up triggers. Real Geeks is loaded with tons of marketing tools to nurture your leads and increase your brand awareness. Visit realgeeks.com forward slash keeping it real pod and find out why realtors come to Real Geeks to generate more business. Again, visit realgeeks.com forward slash keeping it real pod this episode is also brought to you by Rebly Aerial Maps. An aerial retail map can sell a commercial listing before an investor ever sees the property. But creating retail maps takes hours, robbing you of time you could spend selling real estate. And if you're tired of spending late nights scouring the internet for retailer logos to populate your commercial real estate map, or you're tired of paying a designer hundreds of dollars to do it for you, well, you'll love Rebly. Now, Rebly is a real estate map generator that lets you create custom design professional aerial retail maps for your commercial sales flyers and listing appointments in minutes, not hours. Simply enter the subject's property address, auto-populate nearby retailer logos with the click of a button, and download your aerial retail map. Rebly turns the headache of creating commercial property maps into a quick, five-minute task, so you can spend less time making maps and more time making money. So get your first aerial retail map for free today by visiting rebly.com. That's R-E-B-L-I-E.com and sign up for an account. No credit card required. And now on to our show. largest podcast made by real estate agents and for real estate agents. My name is DJ Paris. I'm your guide and host through the show. And today is our monthly series called Closing Time with Chris Linsell from The Close. Now, this is a partnership between Keeping It Real and TheClose.com. And actually, let me tell you about The Close. TheClose.com is the kind of real estate website designed to give agents, teams, and brokerages actionable strategic insight from industry professionals. So they cover real estate marketing, lead generation, technology, reviews, team building strategies from the perspective of working agents and brokers who want to take their business to the next level. Now, please visit theclose.com. You can browse all of their articles. They write incredible, long-form, deep-dive, well-researched articles about everything from how to grow your business to what tools you may want to con consider, which we might even talk about a little bit today. Um, they just are absolutely, it's the, some of the best content I have found in the real estate industry. Again, theclose.com. And with us, as always, is Chris Linsell. He is a staff 
writer and real estate coach for The Close. And Chris is The Close's resident expert on real estate topics ranging from marketing, lead gen, transactional best practices, and everything in between. He's also a licensed agent in the state of Michigan and has been part of hundreds of real estate transactions from modest rural starter homes to massive waterside compounds. Uh, and when he isn't writing, you'll find Chris fly fishing or performing on the stage of his community theaters production. Also, he's a he's a busy father as well and husband. So Chris, welcome once. Oh, and by the way, everyone, before we bring Chris on, although he's already here, please visit theclose.com. Make that um, before you go to bed tonight, if you're driving, go to the close, read one of their articles, and uh, trust me, you will be hooked. Chris, welcome to the show. DJ, thanks for having me, and I appreciate the the, the fanfare here. Good, <laughs> always good to come back to come back to keeping it real because those warm welcomes. So thank Flattery you. will get me everywhere. <laughs> it really will get you in a lot of doors. I'll be honest with you. Um, you know, your real estate pun there, but that will open a number of doors for you. <laughs> you know, you know, it's it's funny. I uh, I don't know if you've had this experience, but I was I was thinking a lot. I, I have a friend. This is funny. I'll just mention this for a moment. I have a friend whose father retired. He worked at, um, I won't mention where he worked, but he worked at a traditional big uh, Fortune 500 company for uh, for his whole career. And now he's working um, just for fun at like a Home Depot, kind of helping people find things because he's really into using his hands. And again, high level business executive now, just kind of more having fun uh, doing this, this thing in retirement. And he mentioned to one of the, one of the, um, coworkers, uh, who happened to be female, he said, um, Oh, Hey, if you smiled at customers more, you'd probably get like more, you know, um, some sort of accolades or people would talk about you more. And, and I said, Oh, you have to tell your dad, you cannot say that you cannot, <laughs> you cannot, cannot encourage people, but it, but it is one of those things as real estate agents, I, I think about where I would never tell somebody, make sure you smile because of course, you know, that's not really the job, but being professional and being conscious of body language and how you're communicating with your clients mm -hmm. is really important. And, and so much of communication is nonverbal, uh, not to say that you should smile when you don't feel like smiling, that's actually disingenuous and probably mm -hmm. a really bad idea. But this idea of noticing, you know, if you are faced, we are face to face again, at least most of us, yeah. um, you know, it's really important to sort of, you know, practice in the mirror, have a good awareness of, of, of what your posture and, and, you mm -hmm. know, and, and your different mannerisms so that you can connect more easily with clients. I, anyway, yeah, I, that was my I, little soapbox. I totally agree though. I mean, fr frankly, like the, the mandate to smile more, um, you're right, is a little outdated. Uh, but I think it's true. It holds true in the real estate space there is a mandate to create an environment where your clients will connect with you. Um, because, you know, I'll, I'll say this, that's not a requirement to um, have a real estate license, but it's very often a requirement for a successful real estate business to have uh, a demeanor and an environment where your clients feel like they have the opportunity to connect with you. So smile, frown, laugh, cry, whatever you feel like is providing the environment for, for your clients to connect with you. I don't really care. Just be genuine about it. Yeah. Yeah. Being genuine. And, and, you know, we're, I, I, I thought there would be a great, um, Instagram account. I don't know if anyone's ever done this and they should, I would love to see the, the, um, the makeupless real estate agent or the, 
un, unretouched photo real estate agent mm. Instagram feed where it's yeah. literally just people as they are without all the, uh, you know, sort of bells and whistles of mm -hmm. that technology allows us all to sort of be blemish free and perfect. And um, I think that people oftentimes, you know, don't connect as, as well to that as they do mm -hmm. just sort of genuine uh, intimacy. And, and, yeah, and I agree that could be as just a, a matter of being yourself really. Um, yeah. I agree. But what's what's going on in, in in real estate right now? You're really well connected to yeah. you have a you have a good pulse about the industry oh, and, and sort of what's happening. I tell you what, there's a lot happening. You know, we could talk about a number of different things. Um, and here's what I'm not going to talk about today. I'm not going to talk about interest rates. I'm not going to talk about uh, the uh, the um, the you know average sale price across the United States or in in specific kind of uh, influential markets. I'm not going to talk about that stuff. I'm actually going to talk. I'd, I'd like to talk to you about what I consider a second order effect of all of that other stuff. We'll let all of that other stuff, the, the gimmies, we'll leave that to the you know pundits on CNBC and and uh, uh, and, and NPR and the like. Let's talk about the second order effects of all of that stuff. Specifically, the second order effect that I'm seeing a lot of, which is we're seeing a lot of real estate companies, specifically real estate brokerages and um, and uh, uh, firms that are, are uh, centered in their use of technology and getting out in front of business and the way the transaction is conducted. We're seeing a lot of these companies laying people off. Yeah. We're seeing a lot of these companies, a lot of these firms um, contracting, tightening their belt. You can There's a hundred different euphemisms for it, but the, the long and the short of it is we're seeing a lot of companies who are reducing their headcounts and rethinking their strategy. And I think it is uh, a valuable thing to point out, and I'd love to get your insight on this, that a lot of the companies that are leading the headlines for this sort of activity were the ones that just 18 months ago were also in the headlines, but for very different reasons. They were there because they were a disruptive technology forward business. They were changing the way the real estate transaction was conducted. They were offering agents and brokers and teams something they have never gotten anywhere else before. Those are the same companies that are now laying people off. You're not seeing a lot of Coldwell Banker, a lot of Remax, a lot of Century 21s in the news because they have to cut their technology staff by 20%. Pretty interesting. It is interesting. And I, I sort of, you know, it, it makes logical sense to me uh, uh, why that's happening, why these layoffs are happening. You have a tech heavy sort of, you know, player, whether it's a brokerage or a tech provider selling individual services directly to agents or to brokerages um, who, you know, probably saw a huge boon in, in their business over the last you know, uh, 18 to 24 months. Uh, of course, you know, we, we all remember, you know, what things looked like when rates were lower and, and inventory was, was tighter. Um, it was definitely still really difficult to be an agent, but, um, firms flourished during that time. Uh, I, I know our, our firm did, we were worried that, gosh, we, maybe we would have to go out of business. Nobody really knew what was going to happen. And that's like, Oh wait, all of a sudden, brokerages did really well. Um, individual agents were stressed out and, mm -hmm. and they had a lot more work on their plate, but they typically did well too. And now of course you're having companies that 
that maybe entered the market a little bit later um, with and, and putting massive sort of you know capital behind some of the technology or, or the staffing. Now, mortgage companies are a perfect example. So they all staffed up because they had uh -huh. to in order uh -huh. to fulfill orders during the boom. And then now are, um, you know, are now struggling and, and having to lay off uh, people and, and firms are doing similar yeah. things. But yeah, you're right. I don't hear um, news and maybe it's, maybe it's just better kept quiet or it's actually just not happening. Um, although it wouldn't be kept quiet because some of those companies are public and that information would come out in earnings reports, but this idea of, uh, not hearing it from the traditional brokerages, uh, yeah. that they're, they're doing much, much, uh, cost cutting measures at all. It's interesting too, because, you know, one has to kind of stop and wonder whether or not the reason that is, is that these, um, you know, the uh, the more traditional brokerage models have less of their resources tied up in what would be considered more of these kind of forward bleeding edge sort of efforts. I think that that's a reasonable take uh, yeah. in this situation. But I do think it's worth pointing out that one of the challenges with companies exploding onto the scene in the time of a boom is that we know as real estate professionals, this market is cyclical. It doesn't matter what's going on in the world. There is always going to be natural cycles. And if you buy in on the upswing, there's going to be a downswing. It just is the, the, the natural course of the market and of the economics of the real estate industry in general. So, you know, one thing I'm telling agents as we kind of talk through this sort of analysis and people are asking me questions about this, you know, a lot of people are asking me, like, is the is the compass model dead? Like, are, are they are they doomed for failure? And the answer here is no. I think it's unequivocally no. Um, but what agents should be thoughtful about in this is that the compass model, this idea of providing agents with a whole heck of a lot of technology and marketing and branding resources as a component of your package rather than outsourcing those things agent by agent, that is the V1 of that, that plan. And they're going through a contraction right now. They're learning what did not work. They are retooling. And when the market bottoms out and scoops back up, there's going to be a V2 there. I mean, if you think that Apple was offering the iPhone it, in the 1980s, had the, the finely tuned machine figured out, you're crazy. They went through a number of market cycles before they really figured out exactly how to put their foot on the gas. We're going to see that in the real estate tech and the real estate brokerage space too. And I also think too, with a company like Compass, and I'm, I'm at least here locally in Chicago, I'm connected to a lot of Compass agents. And I've asked them like, hey, the news about some of this layoff and reducing staff by whatever the percentage was, I think around 25% of the back office staff maybe. And please uh, forgive me if uh, Compass people, if I have that wrong, I, I, um, I, I'm not here to, to, to celebrate any sort of uh, layoffs at all, because I, I actually think that that's not, uh, not good for, of course, those people and, and the company. But, um, but um, I don't hear people I know uh, having much concern about about the compass agents I know in particular are, don't seem to have much concern. And I and I'm wondering if that's because their individual business has not 
seen, you know, any sort of uh, change. The the tools that were promised um, seem to still being being able to be delivered. Uh, now, now you were saying, you know, maybe that will change, right? May, maybe their the compass's ability to deliver on some of those promises may change, and they will adapt. Um, but it doesn't seem to have trickled down in, in that one specific company's instance, at least here locally in Chicago. I have not heard agents go, agents might say, well, I'm a little worried about what's happening at the company, but I haven't heard, oh, it's affected my production. So I imagine maybe that's part of the reason too, why we're seeing a lot of headlines, but maybe we're not hearing a lot from Compass agents about it. Yeah, I think that that's, that's probably on the nose here. And, you know, one other element to kind of add to that particular point in the conversation is I, I speak to a lot of agents who, um, uh, they talk about their personal brand versus their brokerage brand and how those two things interplay. And the reason that this is kind of off the top of my head right now is I recently um, just published the twenty end of 2022 uh, update to the best real estate companies to work for article. And um, in doing so and in interviewing a whole bunch of agents across the United States to kind of get their take on their brokerage and on their brokerage brand, the emerges this trend uh, of Agents saying a brokerage and its brand and its offerings are all very important to me. But for most agents, their book of business is not based on the um, artwork on their sign placard. It's based on the name on the rider, their name on the rider. So whether or not they are a Century 21 or a Compass or a Side or a you know any of the major players in the comp or in the in the brokerage space. Regardless of what the artwork is on the sign placard, as long as their name is on the rider on top of the sign, their book of business is relatively stable. And so keeping that in mind, what's most important to their clients is their relationship with them. Like we were talking about earlier. I mean, it is about the relationship that they have with their buyers and with their sellers. And so though tools like an automated, um, you know, technology-forward listing presentation offered by Compass, or uh, complete, um, you know, social media branding um, offered by, um, you know, different EXP teams. Um, even though those are things that kind of grease the skids uh, of building your business, that isn't where transactions are won and lost most of the time. You may be reducing or increasing your conversations early on, you know, maybe as a part of that process. But at the end of the day, it's not the tech tools that are winning you listings. It's you that's winning the listings. Yeah, I agree. And obviously, this is evidenced by all the transitions that agents make, um, you know, in, in every market, this mm -hmm. idea of moving from from company, you know, to a different company, a different firm, because of whatever particular reason. Um, I think you're right. I think, I think that's becoming more evident to agents as well that the, hey, our, our uh, brand logo and our our local sort of uh, brand. Yes, it can, of course, make a huge difference, mm -hmm. especially in smaller communities, maybe, you know, certain certain communities, maybe vacation communities that that comes up more. Um, and, and so, yes, of course, someone's brokerage brand can and will make a difference. But um, then there's a lot of 
agents that self-sponsor and it's mm-hmm. just them. And that's the best uh, sort of ex- example I have of, you know, people are able to do it with zero, with, with not, not zero resources, but with just literally their own resources are mm-hmm. able to build a successful business. And many of the top agents I know have done exactly that. And yeah. it's not because the other firms haven't come calling saying, please join our company. And maybe the splits aren't quite high enough. So I'm going to build my own thing. No, the splits are high enough. Um, you know, brokerages right now I'm, I'm, we're seeing, I don't know what it's, if you're noticing this with, with the people you, you coach or, or mm-hmm. in your local market, but boy, there's a lot of uh, recruiting going on right now. It is oh, yeah. just constant, which makes sense as, as the, you know, business has slowed a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. I'm seeing a lot of recruiting. Well, it's so interesting you say that too, because I, I'm seeing the same thing. Uh, you know, agents that I talk to, I mean, are getting, I mean, it's, it is not uncommon to get multiple calls uh, to, from, you know, from different uh, uh, brokerage entities. And one of the interesting things that kind of comes about this is that it does point out that the most successful brokerage models in our industry are not necessarily the ones that offer the best tools but are the ones that offer the best environments for agents to build the business that they want. Like those are the brokerages that hang on to the agents that are the top performing in their markets. It is not a matter of like, who's got the flashiest listing presentation or who has the best branding. It's interesting because some of that stuff does correlate, but I think it's coincidental that it correlates. It is, it is primarily in my opinion, about who offers the best environment for agents to build the business that they want to operate because everyone else is just chasing that. If you're building, if you're setting an environment that is not cohesive or, or conducive, excuse me, to um, building, you know, allowing agents to build a business that they're actually satisfied with, your your time is limited. You're, you're, you're gonna expire eventually because agents are gonna find those places. Um, and to that to that end, I, I think it's important to kind of call out here. Um, if you find yourself spooked by like reducing of the headcount at maybe maybe you're a part one of these brokerages that's cutting back on resources, keep in mind it is about finding that environment that is going to allow you to build your business. And so if your the brokerage you, that you're in right now is not offering you that environment. It's time to answer those recruiter calls, but it's also time to think about the fact that maybe this environment actually already exists. Maybe yeah. what you need here isn't somebody to hand you a silver platter full of all the food that you've ever wanted to eat in your entire life. But maybe it's just like this brokerage is just handing you the keys to the kitchen and saying like, "Listen, we got an open, open, open slate here." Build whatever you feel like building. We'll do what we can to provide the resources necessary to to give you the opportunities that you want. We're not going to build it for you, but we're going to give you the opportunity to build it yourself. That is a very empowering feeling for agents. So be thoughtful about the fact that just because the tools maybe aren't there in the short run doesn't mean that they don't exist. You just might have to build them yourself. Yeah, or the company that you join or or that you're currently a member of or or maybe even going to consider, maybe they don't have a particular Mm -hmm. tool that another company has. Well, guess what? There are, uh, if not, well, there's certainly dozens, if not hundreds of pretty prominent tech firms offering 
those tools that you can piecemeal or a la carte order on your own. So um, if your business is down and, and individual production, and if your individual production is struggling right now, along with a lot of other people, um, I would encourage you, like Chris said, if you're exploring other options, I would look less for bullet points of things they're offering versus having a conversation about, so how can you help me get back on track? That How can you help me get to the next level? Not, hey, we're going, you know, and then also understanding that recruiters or people who do recruiting um, oftentimes are, you know, these are salesy type people and, and they're going to want to persuade you to join. Um, my advice is always randomly, don't ask the recruiter uh, for names, randomly call three or four people yeah. at that brokerage right. and say, hey, I was thinking of joining. I just had a great conversation with so-and-so. Um, I really wanted, could I could I get just a few minutes? Can I take you out for a cup of coffee? And in fact, yeah. you probably already know people at those firms say, yeah. you know, do you think this is a good fit for me? Typically that person will have no real incentive to persuade you to join yeah. their company. Um, but they, if you have people that you trust, and this goes back to having great relationships with other, you know, people, uh, other broker or other realtors in your area, you can actually have those conversations. And you might find that, you know, certain offices have certain managing brokers that are more attentive, um, that have, you know, different types of meetings or different types of, of, of skill-based training. I think anything that's skill training is something that that is not as common. There's not a lot of skill training that I find from brokerages. And boy, the ones that offer it, um, you know, you could basically beat a, it's hard to beat a path to their door because there's so many people wanting to get in. So for me, my advice is look for skill-focused training yeah. versus the coolest and newest uh, mm -hmm. tech. I'm a tech guy. I love the coolest and newest tech. That's what I would be drawn to. But I would know at the end, it's kind of like when you go shopping for a TV and you, or sorry, I, when I go shopping for a TV, which happens like once every 10 or 15 years, and I do all this research and I want to buy the absolute best TV. And then I, I spend months researching, I buy the TV, I wait for it to be on sale. And then I get it and a week later. It's just my TV. It's just the exact same. I'm watching content as I was watching before on a slightly newer model with slightly more bells and whistles. I use none of the bells and whistles, but mm -hmm. I, I just, you know, need to watch something. I need to watch through a device. And mm -hmm. so I think being aware that sometimes the bells and whistles appear a lot more important than they actually are is something yeah. to keep in mind. Yeah, I agree completely. And, and I, at the end of the day, also, there is this i think the equivalent version of that that experience you just had in the real estate space to me is a lot about agents realizing it doesn't matter um nearly as much as they thought it did uh the the kind of the new the new labels on things like the new label on this crm or the new the new uh, uh graphic on my sign placard those things matter a lot less if you are not transforming the way that you are operating your business um, when you are switching firms or changing teams or, or you know, the, making those level changes. And I guess the, like the, the moral of that story is just like DJ's TV problem here, um, it would be a, a transformative experience if DJ went from, he's, he's watching, he's consuming his content on his TV to consuming his content on, say, a laptop, 
-hmm. Yes, the screen is a different size, but all of a sudden he has a keyboard and he can have create these all of these relatively interactive experiences for consuming content that he would not have in a very passive, you know, exposure experience watching TV. The same can be said for your real estate business. Maybe it's time, frankly, I hope maybe this is a mandate for someone listening right now. Maybe it's time to turn off the business TV and open the business laptop, as it were. Maybe it's time to stop being passive and expect your business to be built based on the tools of your brokerage. Even if that brokerage is a really tech forward, bleeding edge, like we're top of the line with all of our bells and whistles um, sort of options. At the end of the day, all of that stuff is just a remote control with a volume knob and a channel, you know, channel changer. If you want to go to the next level, you got to go to a laptop or something with a keyboard and a mouse where you can start having interactive experiences and building the business that you actually want to be operating using the tools at your at your disposal. Because at the end of the day, a passive experience, it doesn't matter what the brand is, whether it's Sony or Samsung or Coldwell Banker or uh, Remax, a passive experience is going to get you the same, basically the same result. Uh, it's the interactive kind of um, active experience where things are really going to start to change. I want to pause for a moment to talk about our episode sponsor, our one of my favorite companies out there, Follow Up Boss. Now, after interviewing hundreds of top realtors in the country for this podcast, do you know which CRM is used by more than any other by our guests? Of course, it is Follow Up Boss. And let's face it, following up is the key to taking your business to the next level. Follow Up Boss will help you drive more leads in less time and with less effort. Do not take my word for it. Robert Slack, who runs the number one team in the U.S., uses Follow-Up Boss, and he has built a $1.5 billion business in just six years. Follow-Up Boss integrates with over 250 systems, so you can keep your current tools and lead sources. Also, the best part, they have seven-day-a-week support, so you'll get the help that you need when you need it. And get this, Follow-Up Boss is so sure that you're going to love their CRM that for a limited time, they're offering Keeping It Real listeners a 30-day free trial, which is twice as much time as they give everyone else. And oh, yeah, no credit card required. So you can try it risk-free, but only if you use this special link. Visit followupboss.com forward slash real. That's followupboss.com forward slash real for your free 30-day trial. Follow up like a boss with Follow Up Boss. And now back to our episode. I, I wholeheartedly agree. We're talking about really building and maintaining and evolving your own personal brand to uh, to uh, uh, sort of become uh, adept with the times. And and really, um, the the best way that I know if you're trying to figure out if the goal of your business is to develop more uh, satisfied customers, if that's ultimately the goal, is I want people who have interactions with me and do transactions with me to be like, wow, that was amazing. If that's your goal, and I imagine it's probably everyone's goal who's listening, um, then what I would encourage you to do as a first step is not to try to assume that you fully understand, even though you may have perfect five-star reviews uh, across the board on Google and Zillow, and that does say that you know what you're doing, but it might, I, what I would encourage you to do is to 
reach out to those previous clients and say, may I take you out for a cup of coffee? I uh, am working on my business plan for next year. You were an amazing client. And I just wanted to get ask you a few questions about how I can better sort of stay in touch or better connect with people in between transactions. You know, once I'm in a transaction, I feel like I know what I'm doing, but you know, there's a lot of time in between transactions and I don't want to be the annoying person who's always, you know, showing up in your inbox or in your texts or in your phone going, are you, you know, what, are, what's going on? Is anything changed in your life? Do you need to buy or sell something? Um, but at the same time, I want to stay connected and I wanted to, you know, sort of have a conversation with you about maybe some ideas I have and what you think of that. If you did that with one client a week for even just, I don't know, three months, Mm -hmm. You would get so much incredible information about what your clients actually want and need. And then to Chris's point, you're now, you're developing your own brand. And yes, you know, whatever firm you're working at, hopefully that complements what you're doing and helps, uh, you know, you're hopefully working for a firm that has a, a positive brand in the community. Um, but this idea of reaching out to your clients, now is the time to, it's towards the end of the year. You can even say, hey, this is for next year's plan. Um, but I just wanted to get a better sense of what I can do maybe in between sales. Um, I, I think that is such a great question to ask. And very few professions ever ask, service professions ask questions that way. Like I was, I'm always surprised when I buy a car. How, why is it that, and I, it's not like I bought many, many cars in my life, but I bought a few. And how come I never hear from the dealership or the uh, or the salesperson? Uh, maybe the salesperson's no longer there, but but how come I don't hear from anyone one year out? Hey, it's your one year car buying anniversary. Seems like the easiest, simplest thing. Right. I don't ever. Maybe I get a postcard once in a while, but I throw it away. But even car dealers could benefit from this, right? Because you're only buying a car so often. I'm sorry, I got off on a tangent, but I wanted no, to get your thoughts on that. You're like right on the right on the numbers there, like. I'm sure I, I'm not in the automotive space either, so I don't I don't know the details here, but I'm confident there is um, a wealth of knowledge around what the typical car buying cadence is. Uh, and man, it just does not it's not a stretch to understand that people's experience with buying something like a car is so colored based on the professional that they work with. It, it is it is the same. It is it is the same in real estate. There's just no two ways about it. And so creating systems that give you the opportunity to build that uh, relationship, to build that success. Like, I mean, I know we started this conversation talking about um, you know layoffs in tech in, in the in the tech space and like what the bleeding edge of real estate looks like next and whether or not you know it's a market that supports all that stuff. Frankly you know, this conversation is actually about the fact that it doesn't matter what the bleeding edge looks like as if that has nothing to do with the relationship that you're building. Yeah, that's right. If the tools that are either available or not available will drastically affect your ability to build relationships, then yeah, you should be paying attention to that stuff. If those things don't drastically affect your ability to build those relationships, then those may be just distractions and things that are preventing you from that interactive business and keeping you trapped in the passive. Yeah, I guess um, I, I guess the message is brokerages are unlikely to save you. That being said, yeah. can they complement? Can they add or subtract 
obviously they can. And, and joining the right brokerage is something that is very important for everyone listening to consider, but also to realize that there's just a lot of smoke and mirrors in the marketing or recruiting of agents in this industry, just like there are in any, any recruiting mm -hmm. industry. So realize that most brokerages are always hiring. That's another thing to keep in mind. So, um, whether they tell you or not, most brokerages, certainly the larger ones are. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, you know, there, there's, I, if it was me and I was out there producing and wanting to find the right brokerage, first, I would figure out what my brand is myself. Mm -hmm. Here's what I want my clients to think and feel about me. Here's what I've built already. And then I would take that brand to other brokerages and say, does this fit? How can you help add to my brand um, and, and those are great questions. And I'm, I'm a recruiter. Uh, I've been doing this a long time. Nobody ever brings that to me. They really don't. Um, I wish they did because, well, in a way it's easier that they don't because it's a tougher question to answer, but mm. it's, uh, it is the best, one of the best possible questions you can ask, mm. uh, uh, when you're meeting with another firm is saying, here's my brand. What can you offer or how can you help you know, me grow my brand and not just, well, we're going to give you some leads and we have this great tech. Yes. Yes. But how does that specifically help my brand? What can you do? And maybe it's, Hey, and, and you should also know what your weaknesses are. In other words, as an individual agent, are you the person that goes, you know, I, I, I'm a, I'm a Brian Buffini longtime fan. And I know I'm supposed to write personal notes because that's part of the Buffini method and it works, but I just don't do it. Mm. Okay. Fair enough. Why not take that to a brokerage and say, look, I understand you're maybe you can't write individual personal notes for me. Maybe they can, mm -hmm. but this is something that I'm not good at. Um, is, do you have an, a, a solution for me that can help me get these out because it will grow my business? Mm -hmm. um, and, and really bring being more active in the conversations versus passive. The recruiter is going to lay out all the bells and whistles. And it's every firm you go to is going to sound like this is the greatest firm I've ever talked to, mm. because that's what recruiters do. But bringing yeah. saying, hey, here's here's some of my weaknesses. Here's some of my strengths. This is what I need from a brokerage. Um, because I just talked to my clients and here's what they told me they wanted. Mm -hmm. And I need some help with X, Y, and Z. And then can we write that up in any sort of agreement? Can we actually put that on paper so that we're both on the same page? I, I, I have a clear expectation of what, what you, what I need, and you have a clear expectation of what you need from me. Mm -hmm. No, hundred percent. It's right on the nose. It's right on the nose. The, the business that people want to build is within your grasp. It is just a matter of identifying what levers actually will create that opportunity for you and which ones are distractions. We should mention too that the close has a lot of resources around brand building, around even, you know, as Chris said, they they every year update their best brokerages to work for. By the way, that would be the first place I would go because it's mm. important to understand the close is not funded or, or uh, I, I apologize, Chris, if I'm speaking out of turn, but they are not influenced in any way. They are an independent uh, sort of, you know, content provider. They're not influenced by the firms that they write about. In fact, if they were, um, you know, they wouldn't have the loyal readership they they would have because that would be evident that their content is is being manipulated or or, or changed. Um, they are independent sort of journalists and writers who do a deep dive and, and are willing to say, here's what we think. Um, mm -hmm. And so that would be really, honestly, the first place I would look because it is a trusted source of independent, uh, you know, individually thought out 
uh, opinions and and reviews. So, um, you know, that would be a great place to start to if you are ex exploring other options. Yeah, I agree. Come visit us, close.com. We got tons of stuff on here that will level up your real estate business. I guarantee it. Yeah, I, 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 I do as well. Um, I'm a huge fan and I think it's a great place for us to sort of wrap for, for this time. Um, so uh, this is, this is really, I think for everyone out there struggling, I get it. Our agents, we have about 800 agents at our firm here. Everyone's a little freaked out. It's, it's normal. It, it, it's I, I'm not trying to say it doesn't, you know, don't, don't worry because of course everyone worries. And, and now's the time though, to realize you can be more proactive mm -hmm. and you can actually take uh, some, some bigger steps forward. Um, but talk to your clients, see what they need. That, that's the job. Right. So, um, so do as much of that as you can and, and you're, you're going to weather the storm just mm -hmm. fine. Um, but yes, the close.com, uh, this is a great, just great place. Please make it bookmark it, make it something you check a couple times a week, look for their content. It's just good. It's really good. Um, so anyway, on behalf of our audience, want to thank Chris for coming on as he does every month for years now. We just amazing content every single time. Um, really, really thoughtful, uh, intelligent um, stuff. And, and Chris is a writer at The Close and he also does coaching with them. And so Jeff, check out theclose.com uh, for all things Chris, as well as just all things uh, for that the other wonderful members of the staff there write mm -hmm. and produce. Um, and on behalf of Chris and myself, always thank you for uh, making it to the end of this episode. We really appreciate it. We hope this has been helpful for you. Please give us feedback. We need to know what you want so we can better meet your needs. So let us know. And the best couple ways to do that, number one, um, well, actually one way to do it, leave us a review. Just go to whatever podcast app you might be listening to, or if you're watching this on YouTube, let us know in the comments. Um, but just let us know what you like and what you'd like to see different or changed. It's okay. We can take it. We want the criticism. Um, and we want to always improve because that it just improves our listenership. So it all, everybody wins. Let us know what you think of the show. That's, that's all I got for this week. Chris, uh, any final thoughts? Go out there, be active, uh, and be, be a part of your success. Don't be, don't be on the sidelines of your own business here. This is your game to win. I couldn't, I couldn't have said that anywhere near as well as you did. So uh, that will be the final word. Uh, Chris, thank you so much. And we will see everybody on the next episode. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, CJ.